0: Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Dr. Andrew Brick is here. He's a naturopathic doctor. Spoke with him a few months back uh, about the pull effects series that Global News did on our rivers. And we wanted to bring Dr. Brick back to talk about. It's it's becoming it's a term that you're hearing more and more these days. Gut microbiota. I would like to try to be able to explain that to you, but I don't really know what it is. That's why we have experts like Dr. Brick come in to talk about it. Dr. Brick, welcome.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me, guys. I always enjoy an opportunity to come out and sort of dispense a little bit of naturopathic wisdom to a wider population base than I might ordinarily get a chance to talk to. So I really appreciate the opportunity.
2: Is there a, a negative commenta- a connotation towards naturopathic and and things? Uh, you know, you hear holistic and all these different terminologies. And just uh, anecdotally from you. I just find, first of all, from my point of view, I find it ironic that, that we get scared of stuff that starts with all natural and uh, like it's uh, some sort of conspiracy to to get you to stop doing the things that, that you love doing. Is there a negative connotation surrounding that, uh, uh, that that way of life, shall we say?
1: I think it really depends on the environment in which you're looking at that. There are clearly elements, whether they are directly targeted, whether it's personal beliefs, whether it's just people are indoctrinated, where there is a a fear or a reluctance towards something that would be more natural. There is this science-based pure medicine. If it's not a pill, it's not doing you any good. And then anything that you do that tries to support the body is viewed as a negative thing. I think that mentality is far less prevalent than it would have been, say, even 10 years ago. I think a lot of people are starting to realize that this isn't a black and white world. The best health is going to be derived from a culmination of a number of different forms of medicine and a number of different philosophy because clearly naturopathic medicine has a lot of strengths, but we have weaknesses. So does Western pharmaceutical-based medicine. So yes, there are still a lot of negative comments, but I find that a lot of that is almost being driven on an agenda basis, more so than the general population. My speaking to people on a general basis, very positive responses, very open to some of the ideas but then you'll read certain articles or you'll go to certain websites and you'll search certain things and you'll see very, very negative things and taken in a very negative connotation and not really explaining what it is natural medicine actually represents.
2: So let, we'll leave the divide behind and let's talk about this uh, gut uh, micro, microbiota, right? Gut health is really what we're talking about here.
1: To, to a degree. The, the The gut microbiota is... The colonization and the growth of bacteria, viruses, yeasts, single-cell organisms that live within and on our bodies, and we're now really starting to see what a dramatic impact the health of that environment plays on not only our gastrointestinal health, but health in general whether it's autoimmune diseases, whether it's weight issues, whether it's diabetes, whether it's inflammatory-based processes, we're starting to understand now just how important a role the gut microbiota is. In fact, there was a gastroenterologist in the States who wrote a really interesting paper a while back and it basically described us as locomotion units for the bacteria that line our body. A question I constantly throw to my Population or when I'm doing talks is what do you physically think you have more of cells that comprise your physical body? or Bacterial cells lining your digestive tract and the answer to that is actually the bacterial cells by about a factor of a hundred So the amount of information and influence it has over our entire body really is the in my mind the foundation on which all other health is going to be built If we have a nice, healthy, diverse microflora with everything in balance, the body's going to function a lot better than a body where the digestive flora has been ripped clean through antibiotic use, exposure to pesticides, the environment, a wide number of factors. Even something as simple as a poor, poor diet, highly processed diet is going to alter how our gut flora is because it's a constantly evolving system within our bodies. And
2: what is the role of the, those microbes and, those, and that flora? Because it's, it, it's not anything, in years, you know, you're acknowledging the fact that this is fairly new. And uh, at St. Boniface Hospital, my old friend, Dr. Michelle Alpha, has been studying this for several years. And this is something that is really coming to the forefront all of a sudden. So maybe you can outline the role uh, of some of these uh, bacteria and the, these, these microorganisms and the role they play in our health.
1: Absolutely. So one of the things to really understand is that we're really growing in leaps and bounds in knowledge about the types of bacteria. Traditionally, the only way we could tell is through a, t- a technique called plating where we'd take a sample, we'd plate it and we try and regrow it. The problem is is that the majority of the gut flora is what we refer to as an anaerobic species, which means it doesn't survive in oxygen. Therefore, it's almost impossible to plate it. So it's really been in the last say 10, 15 years where there's been dramatic advancements in the type of testing and genomic testing, that means testing the genes, that we're able to start really getting a picture of what the gut flora did. So traditionally, we've always known that the gut played a role in synthesizing a number of key vitamins, played a very important role in the digestion and absorption of nutrients, played a role in the health of the intestinal barrier, So it played a number of different roles. It also protected us from pathogenic species that we would be absorbing. We are constantly being inundated with pathogenic, bad viruses, bacteria, and yeast. And one of the role of our normal flora is to kill those off and prevent them from taking hold. We're now starting to really see, and as naturopaths, we've always known this, or we can't say we've always known this, but we've known this for a long time. There's been a belief. Now, now, the, now, now the science is, we're starting right. to see it a lot more with the science. Right. And so, what we're seeing now is that there's direct lines of communication between our gut microflora and our brain. So, so, men- now, so now that we understand what it does and the role that
2: it plays, now we have the opportunity to adjust it and to take. Uh, a role uh, in terms of how that
1: makeup uh, is within us. Is that fair to say? That is absolutely true. And that is really where we're in the infancy of right now. You hear a lot about probiotics right now. And I love probiotics, but they're not a long-term solution. There's very little research that shows that taking a probiotic will alter the long-term gut flora. What it tends to have is it tends to have a lot of very profound local effects but to really alter the long-term overall health of the gut flora is really a matter of what you're exposing yourself to and what you're feeding it because what you have to understand is that when you're eating you're not just feeding your own physical body but you're feeding all of the bacteria and yeast and everything else that's living within your system So if you're eating the wrong types of foods, if you're not providing prebiotics, which is the preferential food supply for the good bacteria in our digestive tracts, then you are actually damaging the gut flora. So our tendency towards highly processed diets, very much grain-based diets, these have all altered the parameters of our gut flora. We're also seeing cases of For a long time, there was a lot of C-sections being performed. Mm. And we're now seeing overwhelming evidence that a healthy gut flora is generated through the passage through the vaginal canal during a natural birth. Oh, wow. So it's one of the reasons why a lot of, not so much in Canada yet, but we're seeing it in Europe and some of the American hospitals, for C-sections, they're actually doing something called vaginal swabbing of babies now. And that's they're taking the vaginal flora and they're swabbing the child after the effect to mimic passage of going through the birth canal, where a large part of it. So what we're seeing is these children who are born with C-sections, their internal floras are far more reflective of what we would see on the skin and on the surface, whereas a vaginal-born baby is more likely to show the proper internal structure of the gut microbiota. That's so That's fascinating. There's a wide range of things. And I mean, quite frankly, we live in an environment where we know there's antibiotics everywhere that we are. It's in our food, it's in our water, it's everywhere. We know there's a wide range of pesticides, herbicides, other types of agrochemicals that are being used. Now we're examining those for their impact on full-blown liver disease, things along those lines. We're not at the stage yet where we're examining how they're impacting our gut flora, which in turn, how it'll impact us in the long run.
0: 245 on 680 CJOB, Brett McGarry, Greg Mackling, and Dr. Andrew Brick, who is a naturopathic doctor talking about gut microbiota. And we're going to continue this conversation in a moment. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB. Coming up to 2.50 on this Monday afternoon,
2: he's Brett McGarry, I'm Greg Mackling. Dr. Andrew Brick is in the studio with us today. And we're uh, talking in this uh, half hour about gut microbiota, how it Uh, impacts diet and how diet impacts us, how we can improve it and how it impacts health and inflammation. Dr. Brick was just sharing with us this idea of introducing the natural, uh, but my microbiota, microbiota,
1: microbiota (laughs)
2: Microbiota (laughs) in terms of uh, um, natural canal or vaginal uh, births and C-sections. And, you know, in my mind, it's like, Wow. When did they realize that that was something that they should be doing?
1: Again, it depends on where you are. I mean, Europe, they've been doing it for several years now. Um, but there's in Europe, you also understand there's also been a sort of the opposite view. They were, they've kind of like C-section's a last resort mm-hmm. um, there, whereas here it gets used a little bit more frequently now. There are cases when those are absolutely necessary medical procedures. So what I want people to really understand is when I talk about concepts like this, I'm not saying that they're necessarily a bad thing when they're used appropriately, much the same way as an antibiotic. Antibiotics are possibly one of the most life-saving interventions that we've come across in the history of mankind. But that doesn't mean that unlimited use doesn't have consequences. It doesn't mean overuse doesn't have consequences. One of the things that we saw and we were talking about this for a second on break is the idea of chronic candidiasis, which is an overgrowth of the yeast candida in the gastrointestinal tract. It happens generally in a response to exposure to antibiotics, which will kill off the natural gut flora. We've seen research now that shows that a single dose of antibiotics will alter the gut flora for up to two years afterwards without some sort of direct intervention. Now those antibiotics maybe saved the individual's life, but that doesn't mean there weren't consequences. Mm -hmm. So we always have to run the balances. So it's not that things are inherently bad, but we need to make sure that we're using them appropriately and at appropriate times to prevent the damage. And as we said, with candida, in the case like that, it's very simple. High sugar diet, high refined diet, which tends to be a typical North American diet, couple that with the antibiotic exposure, weakens the gut flora, allows yeast to overgrow, allows it to change forms. So now it's able to actually penetrate into the walls of the intestines, creates intestinal permeability issues, as well as releases a wide range of toxic chemicals into our bloodstream as a result of its normal metabolism. So something as simple as an overgrowth of yeast in the digestive tract can have profound long-term systemic effects in the body.
2: This is a real piece of evidence that shows that a lot of the things that we can do with with diet in particular can impede the natural processes that the body has to keep us healthy.
1: Yeah, I mean, when, when you think about diet from a traditional standpoint, the healthiest diets, at least according to the research, are the traditional diets. The Mediterranean diet, diets along those lines, where it's essentially you're consuming whole foods, which are foods that you could find in nature. You're not exposing yourself to a lot of artificial and fake chemicals because that's not how our body has evolved and adapted. Maybe in another thousand years, our evolution will have continued further and we'll be able to manage these things. But what we're starting to see now is overwhelmingly the foods and the lifestyle that we're leading is not productive to long-term health. In fact, we're seeing in the United States for the first time, I think in the last 50 years, the life expectancy has actually shrunk. And we don't know exactly why, but it's a cumulative effect from a naturopathic perspective of poor diet, poor lifestyle, stress. Essentially, the four pillars aren't being taken care of. Diet, exercise, stress management, and sleep. Those are four areas that we have direct control over and can have profound influence on our overall well-being.
2: Brett, you might have noticed the text message at 7806868 oh great cjb is selling snake oil well this is part of the problem right dr brick is you you're selling a philosophy and and who's out there to help you market and provide the research when there's really we're talking about things that come from nature and altering behavior in order to become healthier and to take control of your body
1: i agree with that i think the other thing that we have to be very careful is to not lump all alternatives into the same with the same paintbrush. I understand a lot of people have concerns, they have questions, they've seen some sort of alternative health practitioner that's maybe given some sort of stranger out there recommendation. I'm sure there are just as, you know, there are regular doctors who, you know, maybe prescribe things not in the appropriate way. I think what's really important for people to do is to really educate themselves and understand what it is that a naturopath is actually doing. The fact that we have medical training, the fact that we have diagnostic capabilities, the fact that we utilize blood work, the vast majority of treatment methods that naturopaths are using maybe don't have as much of the double blind research behind it. Because as you said, there's no one who's going to pay for it. Who's going to pay for an herb that anybody can take in order to do the research to show that it's effective? Research is generally being done now to get a patent on something, market it, and then sell it. We, we do have, is we have years of anecdotal evidence, we have research based on individual practices and an overview. And it's like anything else, not everything works for everybody, and that's why we have to find that balance. We see in the States and we see in Europe a much more integration between the two forms of medicine – There's not as much of an either or it's what am I going to get the best out of? So somebody who makes a comment like that snake oil type of a comment, I really wish that I had a chance to sit down and chat with them. You know, in some cases you're never going to, you know, change someone who has a very indoctrinated opinion on something. But my hope is that the more this type of information gets out there, the more we start to see the correlations between how we live our lives and how we feel living those lives, that we're going to get a lot more open and accepting of some of the, I don't even want to, I don't even like to use the term alternative because alternative applies. It's one or the other. I like to use the word complementary, because both forms of medicines complement each other's weaknesses. Dr. Andrew Brick is a naturopathic doctor. How do people get in touch with you or look you up? Probably the easiest way would be to go online and look up my website, which is www.drbrick, and that's B-R-Y-K, and then nd, as in naturopathicdoctor.com, or you can call me directly at 204-510-4003. That number again? 204-510-4003.
0: Mackling and McGarry, Global News, up next on 680 CJOB. Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.